Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, welcome everybody to uh, Guest Thursday. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, again, Kathy, that uh, we're kind of making an East Coast uh, trip here and they, they all know you. We so. are. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know you're excited to have them. Uh, we have uh, Mike and Sarah. Uh, where exactly are you from? What town are you guys living? So we are in Scarborough, Maine, which is about five, 10 minutes uh, away from Portland. Okay. So you're uh, you're near Portland, and uh, that's a beautiful place. Uh, I've had especially this time of year. <laughs> yeah, our family has had some great vacations actually in Maine, uh, and particularly around Portland. So it's been uh, been fun. Uh, we were we stayed in a place called Yarmouth. You're probably familiar with that, right? Yeah, that's uh, five five ten minutes from where we live. Yeah, yeah, we were there uh, when they had a. Uh, Fourth of July uh, parade, <laughs> way back when. <laughs> so it was fun. Uh, so we're excited uh, to have you guys. And uh, uh, Kathy, I know you. How long have you known them, Kathy? <clears throat> Sarah, do you know? I knew Sarah before Sarah were Sarah and Mike. Ah. So Sarah and I go back a ways. We are birthday twins, for one. Oh, really? Cool. She, she's a little younger than me, though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we do share a birthday and we were in children's ministry together. Do you remember how long ago that was? Um, it was 2013. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while. And I remember her actually journeying through the meeting Mike and everything else. And we were at their wedding and, um, as things would go, it turns out Mike and Dan have now connected. They're in a C12 group together. So okay, our listeners, um, Rick Ferris and Kelly have been on here before actually several other C12 people that you probably remember from different gatherings as well. But, um, Rick Ferris is Mike's C12 lead. So yeah, that's um, right. there's connections across the board yeah. here. That's great. But yeah. <clears throat> well, to get to, uh, to get to know you a little bit and have our audience to know you, uh, one of you each share, how did you come to know Christ? Uh, so, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. What, uh, tell us about your journey. Sure. Um, I mean, that's, my story is not all that colorful, but I'm grateful for it. I was raised in the church. Um, and I guess that's pretty much, <laughs> I've always like, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for all that God kind of like protected me from, because I always grew up knowing him and my parents had a strong um, faith that was always a priority to uh, have a relationship with Jesus. I went to a few different youth groups um, and was had the opportunity to just have godly people pouring into me. And I went to a Christian college in Pennsylvania and loved it. And that's kind of where I found out that um, New England is such a mission field. I didn't know that there was a place where like everyone went to church. Um, growing up, it was just kind of like you had your church friends and then everyone yeah. else didn't know that. It was. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, Mike's story is like the opposite of mine, but I am grateful that I've always been 
close to Jesus. Yeah, Nate. Nate, how about you, Mike? Yeah, so like Sarah said, um, I do have a very colorful past, uh, very different from hers. Uh, so I grew up going to church off and on with my parents. Uh, it wasn't very big priority. And by the time that I could decide if I wanted to go or not, like probably around 11 or 12, sleeping in sounded a whole lot better than waking up early and going to church. Uh, so I stopped going uh, right around that time and kind of went, you know, my own path for a while. Uh, and then in high school, got into partying, drinking, drugs, all, you know, that type of stuff. Um, and then uh, a week before my senior year, uh, my best friend, Amanda, uh, got into a car accident and died. Mm. And that just put me down this terrible path. Uh, you know, whatever uh, drinking, drugs, partying I was doing before, it just went tenfold. And, uh, you know, that was my life for four or five years. Um, <clears throat> but I really vividly remember uh, a couple of things. I would, my routine would be work, get out of work around. 9 30 or 10 at night drive over to my friend's house have a couple of beers smoke come home at the end of the night i would sit on the porch listening to music and it got to this point where i just i just felt empty inside and i had a little bit of the faith background but i would sit outside before i went in at the end of the night listen to music and just say god if you were real show me mm. like just show me show me um i prayed that prayer I would say about a year straight um, before anything really happened. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, I went over to his house one time. He had a Bible on his table. And this was someone that I grew up with, you know, partying and doing that side of things with. And he said, hey, I'm not one of those weird Christian people. I'm not going to throw the <laughs> Bible at you. But just know if you come over, you know, uninvited, just on the spur of the moment, I might have the Bible open and I might be reading it but I'm still the same person. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't really, like, it was like, okay, that's fine. Um, nothing really happened there. Um, and I remember there was a evening that I was standing in front of the mirror and I was just like, it just broken. And I was just staring at myself and just saying like, who are you? What, what are you doing in, mm. in life? Um, and I just felt this they said the God size hole, right? I felt that and, and I didn't really know what to do with it. And so again, I was staying up and, and praying God reveal yourself. And uh, 2000 and 2008, I believe 2009, I was I finally went to go get counseling for the death of my friend. And I left the counseling session, I got in my car, I was driving home, I can almost pinpoint the exact place I was. Mm -hmm. And I, again, it was just one of these like, you know, God, like if you're there, just tell me. And in, in an audible, as audible as it can be without actually hearing it, I heard the answer is Jesus choose now. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I remember in that moment, just laughing out loud and saying, what do you mean? God choose now? <laughs> like you've left me no choice. Um, and the depression that I had felt, uh, yeah, it still gives me just the, the chills thing about it. Uh, the depression that I felt in that moment, that, that literal weight, um, when I said yes, 
I felt it lift off from my shoulders mm. and I felt the freeness. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, you know, one of those just on the road to Damascus, like not, not really expecting this to happen. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know, it's Jesus. That's the answer. Wow. That's <laughs> um, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my quick <laughs> coming to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Uh, well, that's kind of interesting that you got uh, two people from completely different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us, quite often. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, uh, uh, therefore, how did you meet each other and what, what led you each to decide you wanted to marry this person? It's funny um, because we talk all the time about how like if we had met like in high school or even college, like we would never have even run in the same circles. Like it's mm-hmm. just amazing to think like how God orchestrated everything. Like I feel like he had us meet like at the time, like for everything. the exact perfect time right yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so i um started working at next level church as the kids um i oversaw the kids ministries for the locations that we had in 2013 um and i had been teaching first grade the year before and again it's amazing how god works everything out i had thought in my brain like I'm meant to be a teacher. This is what I'm going to do forever. And at the end of the school year, um, the principal came in and said, we're not renewing your contract for the next year because they weren't expecting to get enough kids and their policy was last one in, first one out. Um, And I was devastated um, because I had loved doing that so much. And I think it was two days later, I got an email while my kids were outside at recess from one of the pastors at the church pretty much offering me the job um <laughs> so that was amazing how that worked out um and i so i started working at the church i the first weekend this was in july in 2013 i was babysitting the lead pastor's kids and <laughs> they got home at like 11 o'clock at night i'm um, sitting on the couch talking to his wife and he had been uh talking about setting me up for years like that i had been going to that church he loves to brag on this story by the way (laughs) (laughs) um like I would come home from school on breaks and stuff and he'd be like you still single what about this guy (laughs) (laughs) and so like my side of things uh, up until that point was I knew pastor Josh because they had launched in Portland and that was actually the very first church I attended um, I did my own Bible study for about a year um, after I came to know Christ, but I never could find a good church that kind of fit. And so the next level came to Portland and I started just getting really involved in there. And so I got to know Pastor Josh uh, for uh, as they were building out one of their new uh, new buildings. And so it's a Friday night, yeah, 11 o'clock. And I'm sitting at home and I hear this ding, ding on my phone. I pick it up, I look (laughs) at it and it's Pastor Josh. And similar to Sarah, he kept saying to me like, you know, are you still single, Mikey? Are you still single? And so that was what the text (laughs) said is, Mikey, are you still single? Uh, And then I was like, "Um, yeah, like wondering where this is going. And he sends me a picture of Sarah sitting across (laughs) the room because uh, she was getting done babysitting. Yeah, I uh, did not kids. know that he took that picture. 
you could tell the pitcher was like he like had it you know down by his yeah, pocket yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 really sneaky about it yeah yeah um so they set us up to me at a different pastor's house at a small group they were having the next week um and it was funny people were like across the room taking pictures of us orchestrated <laughs> so we were sitting next to each other which now I'm grateful for those pictures but he said he was like okay so we're being set up like we'll just call it what it is <laughs> Sarah made the most amazing uh cake balls uh, that was that was her way to get me and uh, I did do baking worked. in case he was the one <laughs> in case he was the one <laughs> great and as you as you uh therefore met um what what uh, led you to continue to go deeper and commit to uh you know hey i really want to marry this person i mean we definitely prayed about it a lot i remember i didn't know he was doing it when he was doing it um but mike fasted for three days and just prayed like god is this it and one thing that i loved um the pastor who set us up he when it was still first like are we dating are we not he said he was like what i love about you guys is that the two of you separately have been like like it's not like dating someone who's not a Christian and they come to be a Christian because of the person they're dating. Like both of us were so passionate about our relationship with Jesus. Like that was my absolute priority was like, I finally got to the point in my life where like I was content being single. Like, of course I wanted to get married, but it needed to be someone who Jesus was number one in their life, no matter what. Yeah. And so it was cool to hear the, because we had been going to the same church for years, just different locations. So we never met. Mm. So it was cool to hear someone who knew us each personally say like the, what I love about you guys is that separately you've like Jesus is number one in your life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And for me, it was really, um, I had the standard of like, it, I had to marry someone that loved Jesus like it there was just no option in my head it was and especially you know just like the way that I came to know Jesus and the, the realness of all of that it was that was that was the the minimum bar was yeah. you have to and then you know you get someone that's really cute and funny and that helps too <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's always nice <laughs> yeah. uh, and how many how many months did you or years did you uh, uh, go together before you got married not long we knew right off <laughs> um yeah we dated well we met for like a month and then dated for five months before we got engaged and then we were engaged for five months before we got married so we oh, met cool. and got married within a year but we did we spent a lot of time together mike um in his business he owns a restaurant delivery service and so uh, we would go drive around portland out on orders for hours and I mean, we didn't get sick of each other. So that was our first really good. It's <laughs> a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy telling that story because uh, my business at the time was a lot smaller than it is right now. And it, I was still in the phase of me doing everything. And it was my everything. I worked, you know, 80, 90, 100 hours a week at this thing. And so uh, the only time that we had off was uh, the weekend mornings. I chose not to do breakfast or lunch delivery so I could have at least some time to myself. And so for dating for us, it was either Saturday morning 
uh, because Sunday I was at church and so I couldn't do that. And so it was Saturday mornings was a date if I was gonna go down and see Sarah or if we we're gonna go someplace. But other than that, she would drive up to me and if things got really busy, she'd get the laptop in the passenger seat. We'd reroute the phones to the cell phone and she'd be answering the phone asking, you know, what the people want while I'm out driving and delivering the food. Um, and when you're sitting two feet from someone for hours and hours and hours, uh, you really get to know them pretty well. Yeah. And well, so, it was fun from an outside's point of view. I'll just say, you know, because meanwhile, this is all going on. Sarah and I are meeting weekly at the church and packing up all these supply bins for the different locations and all the children's ministry stuff to go out. And so I'm hearing story after story after story and the way she would light up simply talking about sitting in the car, talking to Mike for hours while they delivered food, you knew this was something totally of God. And that was it. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful to see. Mm. She was so filled with, filled with joy and mm. all of the process. It was fun. Wow. Beautiful. And uh, yeah. so you've been married now, what, six years or so? Seven, seven years. Seven years. Yeah, beautiful. And you uh, tell us about your kids and then tell us about tell us about your careers. What what have you been doing and what are you doing now? Sure. So we have um, Ella will be four this Friday, which is crazy. Um, and Melody is almost two and a half. I had said when we first got married, I mean, we got it was happened so fast. I said, like, I want to wait three to five years before we have kids because I don't want to share him with anybody yet. Um, so we made it three years <laughs> um, before we got to that point. And then um, I had still been working at the church. And by the time we got married, um, we thought we found like a halfway point between our jobs, but I was making a 45 minute commute. Yeah. Hour commute. Yeah. That was so long. that got to be a lot. So once I was pregnant with Ella, um, decided to stop working at the church and I was able to come and work with Mike for a few months. And since then I've been staying at home with my girls which has been such a blessing. Yep. I love, love being able to be the one to pour into them full time. Yeah, beautiful. Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, you so described I, it, you described it a little bit, but tell us more about the- uh, Yeah, the, so it, uh, my company is called Two Dine In. It's similar to like a DoorDash or Grubhub uh, restaurant food delivery. Um, and yeah, I, I that's a- a crazy story. God's hand is just all over that. So my brother started the company in 2006. The idea was formed. He had four people that he was working with as nine to five. Uh, one of the guys came in and said, I had this great idea, this food delivery thing. I heard about it when I was in the Midwest. I think it could work in Portland. And they started the company up. They got it running for six months. Um, and I was in my final year of school and I needed to get a, uh, internship. And I was like, well, my brother and I have a good relationship. So I, I'm hoping I can get an A out of this. And so I did an internship <laughs> with them and I helped, uh, kind of start the company from kind of day one with them, walked it through and 2008, they were kind of fighting amongst each other and it wasn't taking off as fast as they thought they one of them actually got a little in trouble because he was doing the side work at his real job oh, they don't boy. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um Oops. yeah uh and so they decided they were going to sell it and didn't know what i wanted to do with my life but i went to school for business 
saw an opportunity. And so I bought it off from them in 2008. Mm. Uh, that was about a year and a half, two years uh, before I came to know Jesus. And typical young, dumb, 21-year-old thinking, I own my own business. That means I can sit back and Sitting back is not one thing that a, uh, a new business can handle. <laughs> yeah, no. And then when the bills started coming in, I realized that yeah. real fast. Oh, yeah, I got I to gotta work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that's where it kind of started. And one of the pivotal pieces that... I give God just so much credit for it is I remember I was sitting at church one day, they're getting ready to launch a new location. And the pastor was saying, you know, you know, we're taking an offering, you know, for above and beyond the tithe, you know, if, if you know, some of you maybe can only do $5, some maybe 10, some a hundred. And he was like, you know, maybe even some of you guys, a thousand dollars you could give towards this. And God right then just like threw a dart right into my heart. And he was like, it's you. You're, you're giving. <laughs> uh, and at that time, I think I had like $1,200 in my account. Wow. And I just wrestled with God for about a week saying, no, God, like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And every time he was like, yes, you can just trust me, just trust me. Um, and so the next week I wrote the check, I put it in and just the company uh, grew so fast after that mm. and mm. the money that I gave it probably would have taken me two months to recoup that I think it took like three weeks wow. um and then I had that and more uh and that's just one of the examples where I, I really really feel like God was saying like if 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 you can give that because it was so much proportionally to what you had, I know I can trust you with more. Like you were willing to give mm. virtually everything and obey me. Okay, now here's a blessing on the other side. Mm. Wow, uh, beautiful. And then now the company has grown and over the years, uh, obviously COVID was not good for the world, <laughs> but uh, you know, God just using it and we took off and you know, everyone- It was for your business, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. You tell people that they can't go into restaurants or they have to stay home. Um, yeah, we, we took off a lot over the last year and we have uh, like 120 employees driving for us and uh, about 130 or so restaurants partnering with us right now. Right. Do you have any, uh, have, are you having any trouble uh, getting people to drive for you? Um, not tremendous trouble. Uh, we could always use more, uh, but we positioned ourselves really well. Uh, one of the things that we do differently than some of the other companies is all of our drivers are actual W2 employees versus like a 1099. Yep. And so we're able to have more control over them and we they have to come into the office every day. And so we're able to see them and build a little bit of rapport with them and get to know them a little bit more. Whereas some of these other companies, you know, it's, it's just totally faceless and you don't know who you're interacting with. And we're really able to work around people's schedules. We're really flexible with that. And so I'd say out of the like 120 drivers, we probably only have 20 that are doing more than like 25 or 30 hours. Um, hmm. For a lot of them, it's just a really great part-time yep. part job. Yep. That's great. It's interesting. Um, uh, I know, I know a lot about your business because uh, me and my kids started a medical transportation business 
uh, we moved uh, we moved everything we called but everybody everything that didn't talk <laughs> so we didn't move any people but we moved everything else for hospital systems and uh, we too took that position uh, instead of having contractors we had w2 employees for the very same reason you did uh, and we built it from scratch in 2003 to a uh, 45 million dollar company in 2015 national uh, and we and we wound up selling it uh, but uh, I can appreciate uh, both the you know the beauty of what you're doing and as well as the, <laughs> the challenges uh, of what you're doing every day. So that's that's quite a thing. Uh, well, as you uh, are now in this position, married six years, you got this thriving business. Um, tell us about your abiding experience. What have you learned about abiding? How does that look like for you personally? And you maybe each can share that, and then we can talk about. How, how are you uh, receiving God's will, his decisions for this fantastic life that he's given you? Yeah. Um, one thing that it was really cool uh, that we abided on together was uh, this house. Uh, that, that was really interesting. So we were in a uh, 800, 850 square foot apartment and it was the two of us and that was fine and great. And then Ella came and got a that lot was smaller. Got a lot smaller. <laughs> um, but you know, it was still manageable. And then Melody came and now there's four of us in this really small apartment. So I was uh, losing my mind. <laughs> I'm not cut out to share a room with the baby and Ella's room was tiny and didn't want to make them share. And I'm crazy about like babies getting good sleep. So I was like, I have to be in a place with three bedrooms. I can't come here anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and so we started we started looking and searching, you know, our, where are the houses, what what are some of the criteria that we want, and we found two. Well, what happened was um, my bottom line was just three bedrooms. I was like, I will be happy if we get another bedroom. Um, and in the condo that Mike's brother had lived in, and we're really close with them, so it, there was like it was like a complex with five different condos, and one of them was selling. And so we were like, that would be perfect. How cool would that be to live in the same building? It's God's will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look at that. Yeah. And so the whole next, like we had been saving. Um, and the whole next day, Mike's running around, getting money shuffled around. Mike's brother said we could borrow some, a very large amount of money so that we could make a cash offer on the condo. The very next day, we uh, like set up, to go look mm -hmm. we made a cash offer uh like five thousand over asking yeah. or something this was like before everything <laughs> like went super crazy for where you have to do like a hundred thousand more than over asking <laughs> um so we thought that like that would yeah happen and then it didn't and we were like i don't get it they didn't like they didn't give us a chance to offer more um and they offered it to somebody else and the one that got it he only offered I want to say it was like $7,000 over asking and like we were prepared to go probably 10 over, yeah. but they, you know, they never came back and asked. And so that one fell through. And then my brother is talking, he said, well, our other neighbor, she's thinking about moving, but she's not quite sure, but she's been looking, maybe just go over and ask her, say, Hey, we would like to buy your place. 
and see where that leads. And so I went over and had a conversation with her. And again, it was like, well, Jesus is God's will, right? <laughs> um, and so she, she was like, that sounds great, Mike. Like, I'd love to give it to you and Sarah. Like you guys have the kids. And so she tried, she started looking for houses and we told her the number that we had in mind to give to her. And she said, that's fine. And so she had made a couple offered offers on some other houses and they didn't work. And then, uh, she made an she was going to make an offer on a house she really loved it but it was like $1,500 more than what we told her we were gonna pay and so come to find out she was like well I was gonna place an offer for it but it was more than you guys said and so I decided not to and I'm like pulling my hair I'm like if you would have just it was $1,500 I would have found that (laughs) Uh, um. and by then I think someone else got it yeah so it wouldn't have worked out at that point and we're like I don't understand why. <laughs> and so we start, so it's us trying to force all of this, force all this. And we weren't seeking God's will really in it. Um, we tried to force another one where again, we thought like, well, this has to be it. This has to be it. And I finally said, uh, I think, I think it was actually Dan, we were talking in one of the C12 <laughs> groups and, you know, he was like, like, you need to really like stop and, and pause and abide on this and really start seeking and asking God's will. And so I said to Sarah, I was like, I, I think we need to pause and really see what God wants because I think he has bigger and better than we can even imagine. And so we stopped looking uh, or like kind of aggressively looking and I found this house and it was outside of what our high price point was, but it hit all the marks. I mean, it was way more than what we had been looking at, but like this town was like dream Like, I've never heard anything bad about the school system here. Um, And all the other places we were looking at, like, three to five-year plan. Um, But with this place, we were like, can it work? Like, yes, we'd have to get a loan. And we had finally gotten debt-free before we had Ella, which we loved. So it was like, Mm -hmm. that part kind of stinks. But um, we, uh, this is like dream house we're like okay god like if this is it that would be wonderful and so came inside and put an offer in slightly above asking and there was uh not really any any other offers on the house and we ended up getting it but it was it was once we finally said okay god like like our hands are open we're gonna stop forcing this that (laughs) he was like okay now all the those things that you wanted here you go yeah Yeah. and more so much more yeah and more (laughs) we'll be here two years this month and i we still say to each other all the time like do we really live here like Uh, it still feels too good to be true how did uh as you uh went through that how did you two process all that and what did you learn what did you learn through that of that because you 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 said that well when you stopped trying so hard then God, mm-hmm. God spoke to you and God delivered. So, you know, describe that process for you. How did that work for the two of you? And um, uh, what happened with that? Well, when everything, like when the doors kept being closed, it did force us to kind of step back and then say like, okay, like we know that God's got us. Like if this isn't going to work out, he doesn't want it to work out. And if he doesn't want it to work out, we don't want it to work <laughs> out. Um, so just to be able to trust like, he has a plan. He knows where he wants us. It's, I want to know that plan now, <laughs> but he's going to reveal that to us in his time. Um, we're just going to trust. 
Yeah. And we've always had a really good rhythm of praying together very intentionally. Um, you know, when, when issues come up, uh, kind of going, going together, uh, seeking the answer and then praying apart mm-hmm. and seeking the answer. That was something that this is a little off track, but I mean, one of the reasons why I fell in love with Mike and I don't think there's ever been a day, a night that we've gone to sleep without praying together, like ever, like even when we were dating, we would like FaceTime. Um, and, uh, whenever someone, either one of us has like something big going on, we're nervous about it. Like, we'll call up each other and pray beforehand. We pray as a family, um, before Mike goes to work and so that's uh, prayer has always been such yeah. a huge yeah and one thing that that has helped is going to the retreat with you guys Kathy um and yeah we loved having you guys there <laughs> yeah no that that I still look back at that and think like that's a very pivotal pivotal moment because we were you know we were intentional in praying and doing that but coming to kind of the realization of the unity of it mm-hmm. and that if, if there's one spirit that if if we're both seeking the same thing he's going to mm-hmm. lead us to the same answer and if we don't have peace about it together then you know we need to pause and, and kind of go take a step back mm-hmm. uh, Another example of when this was very soon after the abide retreat um, and once when Dan was first telling Mike about C12 and it sounded great. And then we found out how much it costs. And I was like, we can't do that. <laughs> um, and it was, it was like right after we moved. So we have a mortgage now. Yeah. And I was like, my gut reaction was like, there's no way. And then Mike was like, okay, let's pray about it. Spend time. <laughs> let's try that. Let's try that. <laughs> um, and what God kept pointing me to was a verse in Proverbs that said, wisdom is more powerful or more powerful than gold, more valuable than gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, okay, that's, and since then, like that, he's gotten so much out of that, that I think has been so huge into the growth that we've seen in the business. Since I was going to say, can you share a little bit? Cause I, I know Dan loves having you in C12 with him too. Um, but can you share a little bit about the impact that C12 and that particular group, um, they do such a good job in that Seacoast. They do in all the C12, I'm sure, but in that Seacoast group of really holding each other accountable to abiding and to setting company culture that has kingdom impact and these sort of things. Can you talk into how um, that has affected your abiding even um, having those, those other godly men around and yeah. how important that community is? We've talked a lot about community, Rich and I do, yeah. so. Yeah, that it's been instrumental in in me and the growth of me personally and the growth of my company and the direction that that we're choosing to go. Um, when I first came in, like I, looking back on it, I always believed God gave me the business, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so going to C12 and hearing some of the things that they were doing and, and how they're trying to be a company of faith um really inspired me and I think I think almost everyone in our group has gone through the abiding retreat Mm -hmm. and it's not that language that that we use in abiding it's Mm -hmm. it's 
pretty relevant, you know, as we're talking, you know, oh, have you gone to neutral? Have you prayed about this? Are you journaling? Um, <laughs> it has been very, very helpful, uh, you know, and there are times that we ebb and we flow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was sharing with Dan uh, like last month or the month before that I wasn't and kind of am still in this season of like, I want more of a desire and like, mm. I want it, but I've been really, I, I say busy. You can never be too busy. God has to be the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really nice to be able to be real and honest with, with some of those mm-hmm. guys in the group and just say, Hey, like I'm struggling in this area and knowing that he's praying for me and, and checking in on me uh, yeah. has been really crucial. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Sarah, you, you mentioned, um, uh, and I think it'd be good for our audience to, uh, hear how you process this. Your, your first reaction to, Hey, by the way, I'd like to join this, but here's the cost of it. And you said, <laughs> well, that ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> what happened as you process that to go from, which is by the way, an okay reaction, uh, made sense. Uh, well, how did you go from there to actually coming to a unity with, no, this is God's will. Tell us, walk us about that. Cause that's a, that's an important thing that everybody needs to understand is, uh, God's will and unity with God's will isn't, well, whatever the other person wants, I'll agree to it. And won't that be a good idea? Uh, no, uh, it's always out of integrity. Uh, what you think at the moment, letting, and, and you mentioned it, uh, Mike, that ultimately going to neutrality and then receiving what God had to say. But how did that work for you, Sarah, since you said, yeah, my first reaction was and kind of not. Right. Um, well, I mean, God is constantly teaching me to trust. Um, and something that I started doing a few years ago is first thing in the morning, I have a special alarm set for it. Um, before our two and three-year-old, I spend seven minutes just like focusing on what God wants to say to me. Um, and this is something that I, I copied a, another friend of mine who she had been doing it for years. It's just um, spending seven minutes to just listen. Um, and I started writing down in my phone, um, like what I feel like God's or what God is saying to me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was the biggest thing was just trust and obey. Um, and then we were fresh off the abide tree. And so like praying and journaling and writing, like, and I just, it, I feel like God kept saying like wisdom is more valuable than gold and that's like seek wisdom first like and he's gonna provide the rest there's a devotional I was reading and it talked about how someone was speaking and they wrote trust on the bottom of um one shoe and obey on the other and I just (laughs) I think about that all the time like it's just every step of the way we just need to trust God and obey and know that he's going to take care of everything else. And I also think like I have a kids ministry background and one of the bottom lines that we would teach kids all the time, (laughs) God's got it. (laughs) And just to have that faith that God is in control, he's going to take care of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, also looking back and saying, okay, we have this decision to make right now, but how did we get here? And then trying, starting to connect the dots on like, okay, well, you know, Sarah met Kathy through church, 
mm-hmm. eight, seven years ago, and then following that chain and, and saying, okay, well, we were at the buying retreat and, and, mm-hmm. and my company was now at a point where I could do that. And then Dan was talking to me about it. And then, uh, and we really had not connected in, in a few years, at least, I mean, except for like just over text or Facebook, not really connecting though. Right. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no but, uh, yeah, just connecting the, the dots and kind of seeing God's hand on it a little bit helps to be able to take that step and say, okay, like this is what you're calling us to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll provide one way or another. And it has been so wonderful to see, like, I mean, we live in Maine, there are, so there are not a whole lot of um, Christian business owners around. And so just be able to see Mike being able to make those connections and have that support has been Mm -hmm. so huge. Yeah. And now he, we just met with the pastor a couple weeks ago at our church about um, starting to lead a, like a business owner, um, small group at church. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and Mike, from your perspective, as you were, you know, your first hearing was, ah, no, I don't think this is a good idea. How did you uh, keep that a safe place for her to share that and to process it through without saying, well, look, I want to do it. And I think we should do it. And it's God's will to do it. I mean, you could have, uh, at this point, a lot of people could force their way through it. Uh, but mm-hmm. it sounded like you, you approached it differently. How did you approach it? How did you walk through it to let God show you the truth? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think being right out of the abide retreat helped. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I was nervous too. So it wasn't that I didn't have those same feelings um, because I did. And, and I, I was a little scared on how how we would make that happen. And, uh, and not that it was like going to put us in the poor house or anything, no. but it was, it was a lot of money at yeah, that distress, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so understanding where she was coming from, but knowing just just knowing that i that i truly believe that this is what god's call was and that if that it's what god is calling me then i can just encourage her to continue to seek and continue to pursue because i was very clear in what i heard yeah yeah so and that's that's a uh, you know that's a beautiful explanation um i had to learn that too <laughs> that uh let your spouse pursue. You said seek, pursue, mm-hmm. because we know something, and that is, well, God will get you the answer because of what you started out and saying, well, Holy Spirit's in both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you both have a heart to go, you don't have to force it. Just, okay, keep pursuing it. And and then, of course, he spoke to you, Sarah, with, uh, hey, by the way, uh, my will is this because, and he showed you why, because wisdom is more important than the money and you're going to benefit from this down the road. So come on, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So it's just a beautiful uh, example of God's timing. And like you say, you started to notice the dots being connected and, and then Sarah, you were willing to uh, listen and receive without, uh, didn't give up on necessarily your position to start with, but you let God show you a new way. And, and now here you are. And how many how many years you've been in it, or how many how much time you've been in, uh, Mike and C twelve? I think I'm going on my fourth year. Wow. 
Wow, already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know that's a that's a great privilege to be able to, to have a bunch of guys around your inner circle around you to help you grow, and particularly if you're learning how to abide and they're challenging you is, you know, mm-hmm. hey, what's God saying about that? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, we've really uh, enjoyed having you guys. Uh, Kathy, do you, you might have any, you know, since you know them, you might have any perspective or something you'd like to add to uh, uh, your joy of, of knowing them and seeing, seeing this beautiful story unfold. Um, just something I would say, well, first of all, thanks for joining us because I just adore these two. Yeah. And it has been a privilege um, from Dan's and my standpoint to watch their, their life unfold. And I remember sitting at the Ezekiel exercise with them and going through. And because both of them, you know, we talk a lot about surrendered hearts and even, you know, you guys were talking today about how important it is to you. You know, you can trust that because both of you have this relationship with God on your own, that, you know, that you are, will seek God and that you both so desire for God to bring you to the same answer. And you trust that it's a beautiful thing. Um, we saw that y'all, you, you saw that definitely at the retreat. We've seen that in their lives over this time and watched the joy unfold. But then as they stepped into that, y'all, that was definitely one of the ones they left the retreat and we're like that they are blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> this is going to be a couple that takes this and runs with it. Yeah. And God is just going to multiply what he has already grown up and planted in them and it will go to generations. And so where, you know, Sarah has her backstory, Mike has his backstory together. What God has brought to them is a completely new thing. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be generational different than, than what it ever was before for either and for their kids. And that's something we see on them and over them. And I think it comes back to simply their willingness to go to God and that they truly do trust what he, that he wants to speak to them and that they can step into that and they give each other space to wrestle through that. And it's a beautiful thing. So it's it's fun to be able to watch. Um, I'm excited to see where God takes them. You know, we've got, we've had some young couples lately. We had Josh and Emily on last week. Um, Sarah, you remember my oldest Yes. And his wife. So they were on last week. You guys will have to go back and watch that. And then, um, you know, another young couple here. Yeah. Um, it's fun to see God taking um, this next generation up and really just um, capturing hearts and moving the world. Yep. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yep. And your daughter, uh, she's uh, the four year old. When does she go? Does she start kindergarten pretty soon? What did, what's her school situation? She just started preschool yep. last month. So yeah. she's in half days right now, four days a week, which yeah. I'm grateful for that. It's like, an yeah. it, but, mm-hmm. but she's been loving it. Yeah. Well, you got some exciting times coming up yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> when they start going to school. It's always fun. Uh, well, we really loved hearing your story and uh, the excitement that you uh, exude and the simplicity really of it, of just, well, let's, let's let God deliver. And he delivered you to a fantastic house, blessing your business, uh, giving you a wonderful family, wonderful marriage. And, uh, we're very excited for you. So uh, we just thank you for sharing that with uh, with our audience and uh, pray that we'll come back and uh, hear another phase of it as it, as it continues. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank for you being for having us. Yeah. 
Thanks so much for joining us. And guys, if you enjoyed today, be a friend and tell a friend. Um, be sure to pass on the podcast to others. We love sharing the story and just exalting God at every turn and um, letting people see what he's doing in real people's lives. You know, this is not some pretend actors on stage. This is how God speaks and moves and he wants to do that for you too. So that's right. Embrace it. (laughs) Kathy, we'll see you uh, tomorrow on End Times Friday. So sounds great. We'll continue. See you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.